Oh, yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you're here. DC's just a fan laying out his plan by the book to get you in the spirit. This is by the book. So hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is by the book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. I know that some of you wonder just how crazy is that DC Matthews at the DC Matthews, the host of By the Book. Well, I'll give you an example. I, I have my DDT wrestling glass with my name on it that my wife lovingly got for me as a gift because she is wonderful and I do not deserve her. It has water in it. It has the turvis lid. It has the straw. It was sitting on this small little I dress, I don't know what you call it, nightstand, but it's on wheels. Some sort of cabinet area thing. Uh, that sits next to the desk. It holds the mixer. And when I am recording by the book, it holds my Chromebook which has the redacted teams for the tournament. And I looked at the cup of water next to the Chromebook. Now, I'm sure I have mentioned that Chromebooks and water don't mix well, as I learned one day when it fell out of my open school bag into a puddle. And so in my head, I went, I should move the water because I am a clumsy person by nature. And I will wind up spilling this at some point in my life. And you don't want to spill a three-quarters full glass of water on your technology. So I pick it up with my left hand. I transfer it to my right hand. And I'm about to set it down on the desk. When I look and the cup is right next to the blue notebook that houses all of the brackets for this tournament. And I sat here with the cup in my hand in the air for about 30 seconds or so, weighing the options. Which would I rather lose? A couple hundred dollars of a Chromebook or this notebook that houses the entire season two of Buy the Book? And I won't lie to you, I went with option three, which was setting it on the floor. And as I went to, like, I have it in my hand now. I was demonstrating as I went to move it to the floor once again. The lid's not fully attached. You may have heard the clicking. The lid almost came off. So this is what I'm saying. A, I shouldn't be allowed to have anything. And B... That's how crazy I am, is I debated the merits of a $3 notebook from Staples versus a $200 piece of technology. Ignoring the fact that if it had spilled on this desk, it may have hit uh, the wireless mouse, the wireless keyboard, and perhaps all of these pictures that I got. Uh, If you listened to a recent episode a few weeks back, of DDT Wrestling. Um, I got some photos from my parents. They're cleaning out their photo albums. And they sent over some pictures. You know, uh, I don't have a strong attachment to many of these pictures. But they are photos. It's not like they're on somebody's phone. If I lose these, they're gone. So that's kind of where I'm at. But those mattered nothing to me. It was the notebook or bust. With that said... I welcome you to episode 15 of season two of By the Book. I am so delighted 
not just because I spent five minutes rambling. I'm in, starting to enjoy the rambles as much as I am the brackets. I have to admit that. Uh, we're down to the final four pages of the opening round. I've already started thinking about the constellations, but I just realized now, finally, after worrying about it on every single episode, I have 52 teams left. There are 52 teams required to finish the four pages. So I have done it right. Is there a team that has been doubled up? No idea. But at least I know this is correct. This is right. Um, I was real worried that I had, I had boffed it, goofed it, messed it up at some point. But I think I'm good. So uh, we're doing pages 29 and 30 today. Some fantastic teams. Wow, fantastic teams. Um, are already on these pages in terms of the number one seeds or the number two seeds. I have the redacted randomized list. There are three hot tags, actually three hot tags hidden somewhere in these names. Two from Glenn, one from Jeremy. We'll see where they come. I'm ready. I think you're ready. Let us begin. The first team, the number one seed, is someone that even if we had only done four pages, I think probably would have earned a number one seed. This is the team. You can call them the Brain Busters if you want. It's Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson of the Four Horsemen. Arguably one of the best tag teams of the 1980s and one of the best tag teams, period, end of sentence. Uh, they are taking on the new Rockers, um, the team of Marty Jannetty and Leif Cassidy. If you are a relatively new um, fan of wrestling, you did not watch the 90s, uh, pre-Attitude Era, kind of 96, 90, early 97, so maybe the cusp of the Attitude Era. Um, you might not know who Leif Cassidy is. Leif Cassidy uh, was also Avatar. Uh, And also Al Snow. So if you know Al Snow, he was Leif Cassidy. Um, You know, we've talked about the bad guy rule. We've talked about the dumb guy rule. I think Marty Jannetty qualifies, in my mind, for a rule we don't often talk about, which is the sad guy rule. Uh, Is he dumb? Yeah. Is he bad? Well, that depends on if he actually killed somebody or if he's just saying he killed somebody. Um, But this is sad. You know, Marty Jannetty was part of the Rockers. Fantastic team. Uh, I've heard people say that when they first started AWA into the WWF, Marty Jannetty was the star. Shawn Michaels was the other guy. How quickly that changed. And he got thrown through the barbershop window. And... You know, that was kind of it. He showed up a couple of times in the 90s, had a fantastic match or two with Michaels on Raw, uh, came back as part of the new Rockers, popped in and out, you know, went to WCW for a little bit. But, you know, uh, he had his demons. And, you know, now he just seems like a guy who is desperate for attention. And I do feel sad about that. So, I. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. You know, Tully and Arn are obviously going to win. They were going to beat just about anybody uh, in this tournament. But, I, you know, I feel for Marty Jannetty. There is an alternate universe where positions are reversed and Marty Jannetty's the star. So, either way, just felt I'd opine for a minute on poor, poor Marty. Uh, we now return, and by return I mean turn, to the redacted, I can't see the teams, randomized list. There are 26 teams. I don't know who they are. I have a general idea of who's left, but uh, I honestly don't exactly know. So let's find out together, shall we? The first team up is the Killer Elite Squad. Uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Oh, Killer Boys. I am not paying attention. Oh, 
because I was talking about Davy Boy Smith uh, and Lance Archer or whatever names they were going with. Um, fantastic team, two big guys, you know, uh, hosses, but not like, you know, not, we're not talking the natural disasters. We're talking two tall, young, powerful guys who did very well in Japan. I don't know the exact numbers and statistics. That's never been what this show is, but they were a pretty good team for a while. You know, um, were they better than Gallows and Anderson in New Japan? I can't say that for sure. I didn't watch enough, but I think they're on par. I'd say that. I'm comfortable saying that they were on par with Gallows and Anderson. Uh, Killer Elite Squad is taking on The Decade. I have vague recollections of The Decade. Uh, this is Adam Page, I think, and B.J. Whitmer. Um you know, I, I this was about the time where they were picking on Colby Carino, I think. The Steve Carino-BJ Whitmer feud was still kind of happening. Um, I'm sure they were good. I know much less about them than I do about uh, the Killer Elite Squad. And so they will lose to the Killer Elite Squad and go into the Constellations. Next up. Oh, you want to talk Potential. Uh, this is the team of Alistair Black and Ricochet. Um, we could talk for many minutes about what has happened, especially in the last few years, with uh, NXT talent going to the main roster. Um, Andrade was released relatively recently as of the recording of this episode. You'll hear this in a few weeks. Um, Ricochet's not doing much of anything. Alistair Black has not been on TV in, I want to say, months. In fact, I do believe, I think the last time he wrestled was October. So it's been almost six months now uh, since Alistair Black's been on TV. These two guys were big stars in NXT, and they go to the main roster. And I don't know what happens. Uh, the assumption is that Vince McMahon or people who have the ear of Vince McMahon don't feel that these talents have it, whatever it is. You can throw Keith Lee into that mix as well. Um, and they, they, they squander, you know, they wrestle on main event or they lose matches to talents that the general fan base feels like they shouldn't lose to. Um, and again, we could talk for a while about why that is, um, but the fact remains they put them as a tag team for a little while, and they were pretty good. I, they didn't make sense why they were teaming together. You know, Alistair Black, I've never understood what his character is. The entrance is great. Uh, his promos are great, but I don't know what, he's do what he wants or what he's doing. Um, he's not Bray Wyatt. He's not a cult leader. He talks about the darkness, but he's not spooky. So I, I've never understood what Alistair Black is. Um, Ricochet, you know, you, you have an idea of what he is, but he feels, I feel like Ricochet should be a heel. Like, you know, whether it's the King Ricochet character or whatever, but I feel like, again, I, I'm... And maybe that's, you know, an issue with NXT. We don't, you know, these talents come and they do great things, but I don't know what they want. I assume they want titles, but I don't know, you know, what they want or what their character is. What is Ricochet as a character? I don't know. I know what the Velveteen Dream is, bad guy or not. I know what the Velveteen Dream is. I know what Johnny Gargano is. I don't know what Ricochet is. He's an incredible athlete. Alistair Black, incredible athlete. Keith Lee, incredible athlete. Who are they? Don't know. What do they want? Not sure. And some of that is NXT's fault. A lot of that is WWE's fault. But regardless, as we continue to talk for this about a few, for a few minutes, um, they were a nice team. Not great. Didn't have a name. But they were a good team. Uh, they are taking on the Truth Commission. Now, the Truth Commission has a name. Um, and it depends on which, uh, which members of the commission you're talking about. Sniper? Recon? If it's Sniper and Recon, Alistair Black and Ricochet win all day. 
Sniper and Recon, despite the fact that one of them is Bo Buchanan, um, were nothing great. If you're going to throw Kurgan the interrogator in there, I'm not going to say that Kurgan was a better character, but he was certainly a more captivating character. Um, then he became an, an oddity, still was a captivating character, but the, the finger tape that Kurgan had on one hand was very intimidating. His size, his presence, his look was very good. You know, I'm a Kurgan, I'm a Kurgan fan. Uh, I pop every time I see him in a movie. He was in Sherlock Holmes, and I, like, I remember like tapping my wife and like, "That's a wrestler! That's a wrestler!" And she was like, "I don't care." Um, I'll give the win to Black and Ricochet. The Truth Commission did not do much uh, in the WWE. This is a lucky break for. Alistair Black and Ricochet, they would have lost to the Killer Elite Squad. Um, they might have beaten the Decade, but that's probably due more to my lack of Ring of Honor knowledge. Um, but I would venture a guess that the Alistair Black and Ricochet, unless we get two teams again, unless they get really lucky seeding, um, I don't know that they're going to make it out of the second round. Let's find out. Uh, the Bromans. I have no idea about this team. Uh Robbie E., I've heard of, never seen. Jesse Godders, I've heard of, never seen. So already, again, if we're looking into round two, and I try not to do that until the end, but things are looking good for the guy with the cool entrance and the guy with the cool flippy-doo. I'm sure the tag team was good. I am just not aware of them. No one hot-tagged them. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck with, okay, you have a name. Uh, well, here we go. The Bromans are taking on a team that I don't know about either, but I know someone who does, which means my hand is out. It's the hot tag. March 30th, 2014, Progress Chapter 12. The Knight FSU became inaugural Progress Tag Team Champions. The team of Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews went on to hold the title for almost a year, defending it three more times before dropping it to a team called The Faceless in 2015. So Andrews could start work for TNA while Dennis left to become a head teacher full time. That's the part that I find fascinating about the entire Eddie Dennis story. He's a wrestler and then he goes and becomes a teacher. Or, you know, I think a head teacher in the UK would be similar to a a dean or a principal, perhaps here in the United States. And then he comes back to wrestling. It's crazy how that worked. Um, You know, again, I didn't know the Bromans or the Bromans. So if Glenn is going to say that Eddie Dennis and uh, Mark Andrews were a great team, I think it's Friends Stand United is what FSU stands for, uh, then I'll go with it. I enjoy that in NXT UK, I don't think they're, you know, Mark Andrews is a babyface, Eddie Dennis is a heel. So hopefully, you know, maybe we see that team again somewhere down the line. FSU advances, and I think my prediction uh, that I made a few minutes ago will definitely hold true at this point. Continuing on. Uh... This is the team of Chavo Guerrero and Hernandez. Is this Lucha Underground? Was Hernandez in Lucha Underground? I know Chavo was. I don't recall. Uh, Either that or maybe it was Impact. Was Chavo in TNA? It wasn't in WWE. I know that much. Um, I love the idea of this team. You've got your, your smaller, wily veteran, your younger, big powerhouse guy. That's a great... Uh, combination, but you know, obviously they won something or they wouldn't have made it into this tournament. So I will presume no, Lucha Underground had trios. I'll presume it was TNA. I'll presume Chavo had a run in TNA at some point that I am just unaware of. Uh, either way, they are taking on uh, the team again, uh, although this time the Wiley veteran is kind of the larger guy and the young guy is uh, a jobber made good. Uh, This is the team of Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck from ECW. They weren't a team long, 
But that was a fantastic story for the early days. You know, Mick Foley was in ECW really before ECW took off. And you could say that he helped, you know, get them started same way Terry Funk did. Um, But, you know, that whole thing where, you know, Mikey has no offense whatsoever um, and yet is winning somehow uh, through all of these crazy circumstances. And then Cactus Jack is trying to bring out this you know, hardcore side of him and teaming with him and dragging him out. I believe, you know, he goes back to find a partner and drags Mikey Whipwreck out, essentially kicking and screaming because Mikey doesn't want to get, you know, his his ass beat. So, uh, great team. This would probably be a really great match if you could have these two teams in their prime. Uh, but yeah, Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck need to get the win in this case. Uh, poor New Japan. I love this team. Uh, Ishii and Goto, but again, never seen them as a team, I don't think. Uh, Can't tell you who they wrestled, uh, can't tell you who they won the titles from, who they lost the titles to, but again, both great wrestlers, both bigger guys, uh, hosses in the New Japan sense. They don't have tons of huge guys. Uh, They are taking on, we have another... Hot tag here, and this time uh, we're going to hear from our good buddy Jeremy. Jeremy, tell me about the original Midnight Express. As for you, Jim Cornette, I heard you're in retirement after what we did to you, and I want to dedicate that room to your mama because that's how she got from town to town, flying from Memphis to Louisville to Nashville to Evansville all those years. One more thing about cleaning up the NWA. I came here seven weeks ago, and I told you people we would take care of Jimmy, Bobby, and Stan, and by God, that's what we did. I told you people seven weeks ago that Loverboy Dennis and Ravishing Randy are the real Midnight Express, and by God, we proved it a couple nights ago, didn't we, Tony Giovanni, huh? Didn't we? Well, that's, that's a matter of opinion. Go, now, keep going. That 1989 is just around the corner, just a few hours away. I want you people to remember one very, very important thing. We didn't want to come to the NWA. They asked us to come. Ted Turner, Jim Crockett Jr. said, please, don't let Cornette look that bad. Well, he's out of wrestling. And the next team, he's a fantastic for any other that want to jump on this bandwagon. Come right along. We'll show you what living dangerously is all about. Thomas Condry and Randy Rose, along with Norvell Austin, comprised the original Midnight Express in 1980. The pair dominated Southeast Championship Wrestling until Condry left the Mid-South. Rose reunited with Condry in the AWA in 1987, winning the tag team titles under Paul E. Dangerously's guidance. Calling themselves the original Midnight Express, territory fans could smell an angle a mile away. After an anonymous phone call to Cornette, the original Midnight hit the ring and bloodied Cornette, leading to a Midnight vs. Midnight feud. In a series of legendary promos between Jim Cornette on one side and Paul E. on the other. Sadly, the feud was short-lived. The NWA was under, undergoing major changes in ownership and booking at the time, and Condry found himself on the outs with the new men in charge. Thus, the program was cut short. The Midnight vs. Midnight program remains as one of the greatest wrestling what-ifs if it had been allowed to run its course. Thank you to Jeremy for that great hot tag. You know, I'm listening to it, and it took me a few seconds to recognize that as Heyman, because Heyman's voice in the 80s is a little bit different than Heyman's voice today, especially when you factor in the changes in audio quality and technology. But once he gets going, there's no denying uh, a Paul Heyman promo, regardless of the decade. Um, You know, it's hard to argue with that, Uh, I remember watching the WCW pay-per-views and the NWA pay-per-views back in the early days of the network and seeing this kind of midnight versus midnight run, but I wasn't watching the the weekly television, so I feel like I missed out. Hopefully someday I'll be able to catch up. Uh, I'll give the original Midnights the win. Let's continue on our path here. Our next team, what am I doing? Lost. No, I haven't lost my place, Uh, is The North. I think I would love the North. Uh, I'm not well-versed enough in them. I know it's Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. Uh, Alexander has wrestling headgear, always a win in my book. Um, I think I really would like that team. I think I've watched a match maybe against uh, a team that we'll see 
later on on this uh, tournament. But, um, you know, I'm a fan of the North just kind of in principle. I know they're no longer a team. Ethan Page is heading to AEW. I don't think Josh Alexander is there with him. Uh, I imagine they will be reunited at some point, if only to give us that North versus FTR match that people were clamoring for. Uh, the North is taking on, oh my goodness, uh, North versus West, actually. Uh, the West Texas Rednecks. Oh, goodness. Curly Bill. Curly Bill. Um, WCW. Kurt Henning is there. He is past his prime, sadly. He is clearly battling something, whether it's addiction or whatever. Um, but he's not doing great. Uh, the rap is crap angle. Bobby Duncan Jr., Kendall Windham, Barry Windham, and Curly Bill, a.k.a. Virgil. Uh, the West Texas Rednecks, you know, it was an interesting story um, taken on. I think it was the Filthy Animals or it was Master P and his squad that Brad Armstrong somehow got into because they needed actual wrestlers. Um, you know, it wasn't a bad story. It made for interesting TV. But uh, when you consider it's Kurt Henning and Barry Windham, two of the greatest wrestlers ever, you know, you just kind of shake your head a bit. So we'll give the win to the North in that match. The number two seed here on page one is the Miracle Violence Connection. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Again, you want to talk about two hosses. Uh, I have seen a couple of their matches, mainly against the Steiners, and oh, dear Lord, are they exactly what I like uh, in in terms of in-ring wrestling. Um, smash mouth, some amateur wrestling, a little bit of brawling, power moves galore. Mwah, it's, it's delightful. Uh, they will be taking on The Prophecy. Um, I know little about The Prophecy except that it involves uh, my guy. He's not my favorite wrestler, but he's in my top five. Uh, Christopher Daniels. Uh, this is Christopher Daniels, and I believe Donovan Morgan. I think this is Ring of Honor. I don't think this got into TNA. Again, I could be wrong on that. Um, I've never seen a match of theirs. Uh, I think I know <coughs> what Donovan Morgan looks like, but I'm not exactly sure. So, yes, of course, the Miracle Violence Connection wins. Just Let's just give some love to Christopher Daniels. Have we done him in Kazarian yet? I feel like we had to have. Let me see here. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh. Uh-oh. Um, I see a mistake. I see a mistake. I see a mistake. Uh, I am looking through all of this. And the number two seed on my very last page is Ringkampf. Now, Ringkampf is not on my list because you know who's not on my list are my number one and number two seeds. I've made a mistake. I didn't think to check the notebook. I don't have a list of my number one and number two seeds anywhere. At least not. Is it over here? Oh, it's on the other page. I didn't look on the other page. Oh, I didn't look on the other page of, you know, the sheet. Okay. So I've made a mistake. I feel like I just need to say that. Uh, I'm not actually that upset. Because we're nearing the end. This is the last, it's literally the last team on the list. I also am not upset because I loved what I did with Ring Kampf in the previous episode with the hot tag. So even though I made a mistake, I can figure out a way around that. Um, it's a little annoying that it was a number two seed, but I am sure that at some point I will be able to find a way around it. Maybe, maybe what I'll do, yeah, 
here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix it right now. Even though I made a mistake. I am going to book for that number two seed. Uh, there's going to be a battle royal. And the battle royal is going to happen between some of the teams that got hosed in this. So I have teams in the constellations. I've already done up um, some documents for the constellations that I sent to certain people who may be providing me hot tags. Um, yeah, there are some teams as I kind of flip through here. Uh, that probably should have made it. So maybe... Actually, no, it's not going to be a battle royal. <laughs> uh, it's a triple threat. Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to announce it now. Uh, I am going to send a list of all the teams that are in the constellations to Brandon and Glenn and Jeremy. And they are going to look at all the names and they are going to choose the team that they believe deserves to be in the second round. And then they are going to have to give me a hot tag about it. And I'll listen to the three hot tags and I will choose the winner. The person with the best hot tag is going to make it into that spot. So there will be a triple threat match. Maybe they'll choose a team like the Blue Bloods. Maybe they'll choose Eli Drake and uh, James Storm. Maybe they'll choose Jeff Jarrett and Matt Bourne or the Broserweights who didn't advance or Big Show and Kane or Kane and RVD or the Acolytes or tons of funk. They probably won't choose tons of funk. I love that even better because it's the last thing. So it covers for my mistake. I tend to say the same word over and over again when I get annoyed. Okay. That's, oh, that, that feels great to me because not only did I give Ring Kampf, um, a great moment in the tournament. But now that's a perfect way to end uh, the first round. Triple threat, last chance, triple threat match. Save yourself from being in uh, the constellations. Booyah, booyah. That feels good. Uh, let's move on. Page 30. Goodness, these are long episodes. Uh, the number one seed is Edge and Christian. Not the brood. This is ENC, five second pose, concertos, uh, top of their uh, run as a tag team. A fantastic heel tag team. They're great. Uh, they're taking on the Spirit Squad, another decent heel tag team. You know, their run with DX, I remember seeing parts of it. I was watching on and off during that time. And, you know, that wasn't bad. You know, you had the numbers game. Um, we didn't know that Dolph Ziggler would be that good yet. We thought Kenny Dykstra was the star of that team. We were sure that Kenny was going to be the guy who, you know, he's going to be the Seth Rollins that turns his back on the spirit squad and becomes legit. We had no way of knowing that Dolph Ziggler was as good as he was. Uh, and Mikey and Mitchie and Johnny. Hey, I think I know all their names. Um, either way, yeah, Edge and Christian, all-time great heel tag team. Spirit Squad, fun, but not that that good. Although maybe somebody will disagree. Maybe Jeremy or Glenn or Brandon will send me a hot tag about it and put them in that tri last chance triple threat. Let's move on. Uh, Age of the Fall. You want to talk about, we just mentioned Seth Rollins. Age of the Fall is Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins. Again, no knowledge of this team at all. This is not Ring of Honor during this time. is not at all in my wheelhouse. I did not know who Tyler Black was until I knew who Seth Rollins was. So I got nothing on Age of the Fall. Interesting name. I actually kind of like the name. No idea what the the gimmick is, but I like the name of the team. 
and they are taking on our last hot tag of the day back to Glenn to tell me about the London riots. The London riots. Between 2012 and 2017, James Davis and Rob Lynch were arguably the UK's top tag team. Hard-hitting brawlers that epitomised the style of wrestling that became known as British Strong Style. Wrestling up and down the country, taking on teams that included War Machine, Moustache Mountain, CCK and the Young Bucks. They went about collecting tag team gold. Even at the end, finishing with a surprise, fighting each other at Progress Chapter 53, Rob Lynch announced his retirement. James Davis then took a cricket bat to him and left him in a bloody heap in a vicious beatdown. I gotta get into Progress, if only because I really appreciate that they go by chapters. I think that's actually pretty cool. Um, Sounds like a very good team. You know, the quality of opponents that Glenn mentioned is is pretty good. So, you know, War Machine, uh, the Calamari Crush Kings. Do I have that right? I think so. Um, oh, my goodness. You know what I forgot to do? Another little mistake. Yeah, here are the round two matchups for page 29. Uh, Tully and versus Killer Elite Squad. Great mashing of styles. Alistair Black and Ricochet versus FSU, Eddie Dennis, and Mark Andrews. Also an interesting style. You've got the two bigger guys, even though Eddie Dennis is, like, I think he curves inward. And then the two high flyers. Uh, Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck versus the original Midnight Express. And then the North, I wrote Miracle Worker. What is wrong with me today? Uh, Versus the Miracle Violence Connection. That was, I think, when I realized my mistake. Probably around then. Miracle Worker. (laughs) Either way. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Glenn, again, for all these great. Uh, I think Glenn's going to have our last two hot tags, although now we know we're going to get at least three more. So the next episode uh, could have five hot tags. Crazy how that works. All right. Uh, let's move on. Actually, I, I think I know who Jeremy's going to pick uh, for his hot tag, and I think I already have the audio, if I'm being honest. Um Moving on. Uh, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers. They, I have seen them. Uh, They're AWA, two big guys, not muscular, not tall, rotund. Uh, Mike Rotunda. Uh, they're, They're bigger guys. Playboy Buddy Rose is an overweight guy trying to be a sex symbol, which is an interesting character. As an overweight person, I'm a little like, hey... You, you do you. Go for, Good for you. Uh, they had a great match with the Rockers. I've seen actually a couple of great matches with them with the, uh, the Midnight Rockers in the AWA. Uh, Rose and Summers are taking on the team of Jericho. Chris Jericho and the Big Show. I think we have to give it to them just based on, the, you know, uh, I did that thumbnail project for no reason whatsoever. Um haven't been doing my constellations. Hold on. Age of Fall. Rose and Summers. I did that uh, thumbnail project just because I was interested. Uh, Jericho and Big Show, if they're not in the top 10, they're in the top 15. Both of them. So two easy Hall of Famers. I think they have to win, even if they weren't a tag team for as long as probably Rose and Summers. Uh, another great mixing of teams and two Hall of Famers. Uh, this is the awesome truth. The Miz and R-Truth. Heels. I really want to watch this at some point because, again, lost years. Not even sure I saw that WrestleMania. I was that far removed from wrestling that I don't even know if I went to Manson Manor to watch that WrestleMania. Because it was The Miz versus John Cena. I didn't, at that time, much care about either of those two. Um, I'm interested now more to see R-Truth as a villain. You know, having seen some of Ron Killings... It's intriguing to me, even if I don't think it's going to be that kind of character. Uh, Awesome truth. Great team. And oh, what a match. (laughs) What a matchup. And what is what does fate? What does the random fate have against Mike Mizanin, Mizanin, Mizzy, Mizzy, Masterface? Um, 
it's DX. Now, this is uh, late 90s DX. You know, I say that the, uh, the 2000s DX, that was more of a team that faced the Spirit Squad and Vince and Shane, they were more of an actual tag team. Um, DX was a stable in the 90s, and for a while there, it was the Sean and Hunter show. But that's who this is, taking on Awesome Truth. You know, The Miz got hosed in the singles tournament in season one. And, you know, I'm doing the constellations. We're going to have a Miz on Miz matchup in the constellations because two of his teams got hosed then. You know, at least I'm pretty sure Eminem advanced. So he's at least got, a, you know, a chance to keep going in this tournament. But I feel like The Miz gets a rough matchup every single time. Crazy how that works. Um, you know, I, I actually feel like I need to look this up because I don't know. Was the awesome truth uh, tag team champions? I feel like they had to have been, but um, let's let's look and see. Oh, why is there not? I can just look at the Miz. Hold on. I'm sorry. I don't usually uh, do this. But I feel like this matchup is great enough that I should at least have some idea. Championships and accomplishments. Uh, he is a four-time champion. Morrison, Big Show, Cena, Mizdow, Shane McMahon, Morrison. Okay, so the Awesome Truth did not win tag titles. Interesting. They must have just wrestled at a couple of pay-per-views. And then let's look up Shawn Michaels. Again, he could have won the titles with Triple H in the... Uh, the later era, but let's WWF champion, dudes with attitude, hell in a cell. Whoa. All right, here we go. Tag team, one time with Triple H, WWE tag titles, so that's not the early DX. WWF tag titles, Diesel, Stone Cold, John Cena, Triple H. Okay, so again, The Miz is is getting getting hosed just because... Uh, you know, they didn't win the belts. Um, so I'll give the win to DX. If if DX held the titles and Awesome Truth did not, they have names. I'm familiar with them both. Um, you know, technically, Shawn Michaels and Hunter were together when um, he wrestled Austin at Mania. So, you know, they both main evented Manias as a duo. So, all right, we'll give the win to DX. The Miz, once again, just bad luck. Bad luck, Miz. Uh, here on the Corona Cup. Lethal and Gresham. Again, I think I would love this team. Jonathan Gresham, I've seen a couple of times. He's he's a very uh, comparable to... I don't know if that makes sense. He's very comparable to Daniel Bryan. Just elite technical wrestler. Very, very good. Uh, Jay Lethal. Also very, very good. Not as familiar with them as a team, but just, again, on paper, looks like a team I would love. Taking on Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater. I do know this team. Uh, you know, this is 94, right around the time Hogan showed up uh, with Colonel Robert Parker. You know, did not set the world on fire. They were totally fine. Um, this was my first experience with Dick Slater. I did not know he had a career before this. Uh, I've seen him on many um, thumbnails, not on the network, but I've been doing the looking through YouTube and seeing old stuff. He's all over the place there. Uh, but I'm going to give this one to Lethal and Gresham. You know, neither team has a name. Uh, I am familiar with Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater, but I seem to recall them losing a lot. You know, they were kind of, they'd go on WCW. This is pre-Nitro. Uh, they'd go on WCW Saturday night, or they'd be on WCW Worldwide, and they'd lose to Harlem Heat, or they'd lose to whatever the team, whatever Marcus Bagwell was teaming with at the time, Scorpio or whoever. The Steiners. Uh, not, this is 
WCW, this is Big Papa Pump and the DFG, the Dog Face Gremlin. This is later Steiners. They've already had singles careers. Now they're teaming up. Scott Steiner is nowhere near the athlete he used to be. He is just all muscle at this point. Rick Steiner getting up there in years. Uh, still a credible team by any stretch of the imagination, but not the, the powerhouse team that was a number one seed. And they are taking on... Gallus. Oh! Hoss Fight Central. That's a fantastic match. Wolfgang and Mark Coffey versus uh, the Steiners. I'd love to see that. Uh, Wolfgang Wrestler Scandal. That's my only... Uh... Okay, I, I'm going to have to read a bit about what Wolfgang did because just on the surface, I'd give this to Gallus. I don't think the Steiners won a title in this time. I could be wrong. Uh, Gallus was until recently. NXT UK tag champions were for a while, thanks to COVID, but still, you know, that was a big deal. But... If Wolfgang qualifies for the bad guy rule, pictures of schoolgirls, I don't know what that means. Um, does that mean... Oh. He admitted driving to a place and waiting for the school to finish and taking photos of schoolgirls as they left. And emotional abuse. <sighs> Um, that is one person's report. I believe them because that's what I do. I tend to believe them in this case. However, he's still employed. Uh, but I'm not going to feel good about giving Gallus the win here. If it was a team like Bunkhouse Buck or Dick Slater, if it was a team like Age of the Fall... I'd give it to Gallus on a technicality, and they'd probably lose in round two to a more established team. But this is against the Steiners, and any iteration of the Steiners is a good iteration of the Steiners. So I'm giving the win to them. All right. We've got three teams left. We're almost at an hour. These episodes are so long now. Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, Butcher and Blade. Again, not an AW guy, so I don't know enough about this team, but one of them has a monocle, pretty sure, and looks a bit like uh, me if I you know, tried to adjust my facial hair to look like I ran a saloon in Lonesome Dove, Texas in the 1880s, waiting for Augustus McRae and Woodrow Call to come in. Um. So just on that alone, I'm inclined to like this team. Don't know a lot about them. And they are taking on <laughs> Rhythm and Blues. Oh, <laughs> Butcher and Blade, Rhythm and Blues. It just sounds like a good matchup, just in the syllables. Um, Rhythm and Blues, you've got Honky Tonk Man. You've got Greg Valentine, who has dyed his hair black for this part. Uh, the Hammer. A very different character than we've ever seen, I've ever seen, from Greg Valentine. Uh, they were, this would be an entertaining match for sure. Uh, Rhythm and Blues, I'm pretty sure, were tag champs at some point. Let me do again a quick Googling of that. They have their own Wikipedia page, that's promising. Um, oh, no. They were the Northern States Wrestling Alliance Tag Champs. Why did I think they... Hmm. For some reason, I thought that they had won. Um, 98, yada yada, reunited, making changes, poor Greg Valentine. <laughs> uh he was given Elvis-style shades, a white jacket, and a guitar he quite obviously did not know how to play. That's entertaining. 
Maybe I'm just thinking about when they came out at WrestleMania 6 and DDP was the driver. Maybe I assumed they were tag champions at that time. Um, let's see. Let's go through our rules here. We're almost done with the first round. We can't abandon our rules. The team I am familiar with gets the edge over the team I am not. Team I've seen versus team I haven't seen. Uh, team with a name over the team without a name, that doesn't count. Uh, I don't believe anyone here qualifies for a bad guy rule. So I believe we have to, just based on the rules, give this to Rhythm and Blues. Perhaps someone... We'll make a hot tag for Butcher and Blade. Maybe they'll be in the last chance triple threat. Who knows? Number two team. I alluded to them earlier, if not by name. Motor City Machine Guns. My hand is out. I am pointing to where I think Detroit is in Michigan. Somewhere around like the Thumbish area. Uh, what a team. Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin. Absolutely fantastic. Joys to watch in the ring. And they are taking on... Uh, the Big Boss Man and Ken Shamrock. Again, great team. You know, height of the corporation. These guys are the duo. Um, Shamrock's a good heel. Boss Man's a great heel. They were entertaining, but I can't in good conscience have them beating the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, we do have an interesting thing here in which uh, you get the Butcher. I think the Butcher's the one with the monocle who looks a bit like Ray Trailer and the Big Boss Man. That would be entertaining just to watch the two of them stand next to each other. All right. Page 30 is done. Here are the round two matchups. Edge and Christian versus the London Riots. Probably very good. Jericho versus DX. We, I think, saw that. Now that I'm thinking about it, DX versus Jericho. TLC 2009, you can go back to TLC 2009 if it's up on Peacock and watch that match. I don't know how many times we can say that has ever happened in this uh, episode. And by episode, I mean the entire tournament. Uh, it is rare we get that. I think this might actually be one of the first times. But DX versus Jericho, show, you can go watch and then weigh in on what you think and who should win. Uh, Lethal and Gresham versus the Steiners. Even if this is the Steiners at their bulkiest, that's an entertaining match. And then Rhythm and Blues versus the Motor City Machine Guns, which is just going to be hilarious. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because, you know, we, we made a mistake. We fixed it. I think it's an even better uh, tournament now than it was before. I need to now send the list of teams. You know, I'm realizing that these last 26 teams will not get a chance to be in that last chance triple threat because I'm going to record episode 16 in, at one time. Unless I stop, and I suppose I could, I could stop recording, send the stuff, wait. But I think I'm just going to, those last 26 teams, they get screwed. You don't have a chance to be in the triple threat. Hopefully there's not. If there is a name that is so alarming that they're not making it to the second round, maybe I will wait and include them. Maybe I'll throw my own name in and do a hot tag on my own show. Why not? Uh, but I'm looking forward to how this all wraps up. Two pages to go, friends. We're so close. And then, of course, we have tons of constellations and other things. But the first round was a lengthy thing in and of itself. I'm glad it's done. I'm glad you're here with me. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Please let me know you're listening. Let me know you're out there. I do this without you anyways, but it's more fun to know you're enjoying the show. This chapter is closed. I literally closed the notebook. I'll see you the next time we go by the book. <laughs>